Chief Justification is a one-time declaration by God, intimately connected with forgiveness of sins through the work of Christ, then it follows that all of the believer's sins have been forgiven in Christ. This remission of all sins is not limited to past sins only, but to all sins, past, present and future. If it were not so, then justification would have to be repeated over and over again, and the imputation of the righteousness of Christ would be lowered to the level of the animal sacrifices of the old covenant. Now all transgressions were laid upon Christ and were therefore nailed to the cross, as in Colossians chapter 2. At the time of the death of Christ, all the sins of all believers were yet future, and so if we believe that any of our sins were laid upon Christ, even if we limit this to the past sins, we are asserting that future sins were laid upon Christ in the past. Therefore, the idea that future sins can be said to be forgiven in the death of Christ is basic to the whole presentation of the efficacy of his saving work. Paul presents an important truth relevant to all this matter in this quotation of David's words from Psalm 31. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one against whom the Lord will never count sin. We also find this as Paul had mentioned it in Romans chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. Now this suggests to us that it is best to think of forgiveness of future sins in the sense of non-imputation of those sins. The sins which are pardoned in justification includes all sins, past, present and future. It does indeed seem to be a dilemma that sins should be forgiven before they are committed. Forgiveness involves remission of penalty. but. How can a penalty be remitted before it is incurred? This is an, an apparent difficulty arising out of the inadequacy of human language. The righteousness of Christ is a perpetual donation. It is a robe which hides, or as the Bible expresses it, covers from the eye of justice the sin of the believer. Now they are sins, they deserve the wrath of and curse of God, but the necessity for the infliction of that curse no longer exists. The believer feels the constant necessity for confession and prayer for pardon, but the ground for pardon is present for him to offer and plead, so that it would perhaps be a more correct statement to say that in justification, the believer receives the promise that God will not deal with him according to his transgressions, rather than to say that the sins are forgiven before they are committed. Now in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, where believers are not under law but grace, that is, God deals with the elect graciously, not imputing their sins to them, and instead looking to the death of Christ as the sufficient grounds upon which we are forgiven. Those who are no longer under condemnation of the law, who stand robed in righteousness of Christ Jesus, are given the title of eternal life. 
The gift is not based upon anything the redeemed have done or will do. They do nothing to deserve it. Instead, Christ is the one who has merited eternal life. And since his righteousness is imputed to those who are justified, then they too merit eternal life and they cannot possibly fail to receive it. Now the recognition of this truth is in no way a warrant or license to sin. The heart that knows the price paid for its redemption does not seek to add to the cost. Indeed, when God removes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh as in Ezekiel 36, the result is that we desire to walk in his ways and commandments. And it is our love for Christ that prompts our new nature to seek him and to walk in his paths of righteousness.